In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 57, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I, ju- I almost just started singing it. Hit me with your best shot. Yeah, I know. And now- My main part I like is the fire away. That part. <laughs> How'd that go again? You, fire me. <laughs> you didn't want to do it again, I, but you did. I didn't, but I was like, there's no other way to describe it. And to be clear, yeah, yeah, we're coming in on Zoom again, so there's a little bit of a delay in my reaction. And you're gonna hear, you know, a a little bit different quality than we're used to. Yes, but like Pat Benatar says, hit me with your best shot, COVID 19. We fire away, yeah, yeah, we're on it. So I picked this this week, A, because, I mean, I, this song is just kind of a great anthem. It Anytime. really is. Yeah. Bring it. I like the sassy. Right yeah. Yes. But I also picked it just, we've never really done a theme about, like, fighting for a cause, no. even if it's stupid, or fighting with yourself, fighting with others. So I liked the kind of fighting theme with like Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Give yes. it to me. Yes. Because nothing says fighting like Pat Benatar in some uh, 80s leg warmers and tights and you know let's hit me with I mean, your best shot you're really ready for anything right yeah you, you got layers so no yeah. matter the weather you're prepared <laughs> if there's going to be a dance that breaks out you're good you're totally ready i mean yeah yeah you're ready really for so, anything absolutely so aaron thinking about you know this is about fighting whether it's with external forces for a cause with yourself I got a question mm-hmm. for you. Yes. What do you fight with yourself about the most? 
You know, and this was true before, but I also feel it a lot right now in the current situation that we're in. Um, and that I fight with myself over productivity and procrastination. Okay. Like I'm super good at organizing and like, I'm going to make a list and then I'm going to make a to-do list. And then if I do this many items by this time, my list will be like, I'm so good at putting metrics in place and so bad at actually doing this stuff. And then I feel guilty about it. Okay. Like then I'm mad at myself even though it's self-imposed. Yes. Like I, no one's saying I have to do those things. I'm the one that created the list, but mm -hmm. yeah. And then I get all, you know, worked up about it. Absolutely. And I think you're so right about this time too. And you and I have sort of passed an article back and forth from the New York times that talked about like, stop trying to be productive right now. Like it's just, yes. it's too much for people, you know, like we all think we have this extra time, but it's not extra leisure time. It's extra time of sheer anxiety and covering your mouth and washing your hands. You're spending a lot of time washing your hands, so you can't do all the stuff on your list. Yeah, I just don't have the time. Don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. my hands are raw, and I can't <laughs> hold a pen. <laughs> and to be honest, yeah, I'm feeling like my bones are gonna start showing through my skin. Yeah, because yeah. just rubbing it raw, yeah. Exactly, so sorry, productivity. Well, before yeah. we move on, I, I just want you to, to go easy on yourself, Erin. Like, I know that's way easier said than done. I do the it same is, thing. It is, but yeah. But you are doing a great job oh. and you just need to go easy on yourself. Thank you. See, I needed and, to hear that today. Yeah. And this may be informed by the fact that I rewatched Booksmart this week and I'm just feeling <laughs> real like, you know, <laughs> who allowed yes. to see this beautiful? It's beautiful. Yeah. That dancing is everything. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's everything. So if you had one nemesis, Amy, oh, that's yeah. not a person. Sure. Like what? would it be like, you know, traffic, Dennis, whatever, if it was not a person. Yeah. All of those things. Sure. But I think my mm -hmm. one nemesis, and, and this may uh, resonate with a lot of women in particular, is freaking women's clothes, especially <gasps> bras. Yes. Good point. Why, why do we have to cinch ourselves and bind ourselves? So with wire, with wire under things. Yes. A public service announcement, this is quarantine, none of you have to be wearing a bra, take that shit off. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you are wearing com or, uh, uncomfortable clothes right now, you're doing this all wrong. Yeah, Put you failed. Put pants and take it in. Yes. And preferably like men's sweatpants, because again, women's clothes suck. Yeah. They suck. Not like that. yoga, Victoria's Secret, heart on my butt oh. pants. I mean like comfy, stretched out. Yes. Preferably NC Hammer can't touch this pants. Oh God, yeah. From the early nineties. Yeah. Big balloony, lovely. Put leg warmers on. I mean, just do it. Yes. Whatever you need yeah. to do. So yes, but take be comfortable. Your question. Yeah, Nemesis is I, I think yes. women's clothes are not designed to be comfortable. They're designed to um make us look a certain way because that's all that matters really when we be women. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I mean, if we could make something really positive come out of this coronavirus pandemic, it would be just the, the burning of bras. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just take them mm -hmm. all out, put them into a, a bonfire. Let's do mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should start, yeah. um, start it on social media, just start a video and just mm -hmm. have people contribute their own videos. National. I like it. Yeah. Yes. Maybe not your yes. next ones because well, let's be honest, you're going to need it at some point, but some of your real yeah. stretched yeah. out gross bras, like just do it. Yeah. Those girls. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So Erin, mm-hmm. have you ever mm-hmm. witnessed, I mean, we, we talk about fighting also for something like fighting for a cause or something like that. Have you ever witnessed someone fighting for a cause and you did not agree with that cause? Yes. Um, <laughs> this has happened a lot in my neighborhood, actually, when we moved here. Um, I don't have a lot of time for things that I don't really care about. And <laughs> top of the list of things I don't care about is dirt in our street. Oh. And apparently, yeah, this was a big issue for some people because we had, there's some new construction by us. And so there were trucks and traffic and people, you know, naturally, if you're digging a foundation, it's in the word digging, there's going to be some dirt sure is. and some dirt sure sometimes is. gets into the street and that's yeah. nobody's fault just part of construction yeah well around here that does not fly and there was a neighborhood meeting followed by a very stern call apparently to the police department and a police officer came out to a house that was being built right by me and made the construction workers sweep up the dirt and i was so scared that they would think it was me that i took them water and said that was not me i don't (laughs) care about the dirt Because I was so like, oh my gosh, they're going to think it's us because it's right next door. And the only reason I know that I know who called is because the realtors, one of the realtors that we worked with lives in this area. And she told me about the whole thing. And she was like, can you believe this? They called. So I already kind of knew the backstory. So that's why I was like panicky. Oh my God, they're going to think I did this. Like I can do this. Okay. I understand your job. Someone had to foundation. Like I get it. You know, it's dirt. It'll wash away. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry that you had to see it. Yeah, that's where I keep coming back to is it's going to go away eventually. So what's the problem? Mm -hmm. Also, what I couldn't understand is that it's, this was before we were pretty much at the end of this row by ourselves. There wasn't a lot of other neighbors that had moved in yet. Those houses hadn't sold. So it was clearly someone that was way further up there that this has no effect because it's a dead end at the end of our thing. So you're not coming down. It's not like you're using this to go somewhere and you're getting dirt all over your car. You literally have no reason to come down here. So how is this affecting you? Like, I just can't get on board with that. Yeah. Like find something. You're obviously very dedicated person. You obviously take things to end degree, put that behind something good. Exactly. Dirt in the street. Cause is better. Come on. Yes. I can't. How am I going to get behind you on that? Yeah. Come on. You could use that energy to burn your bras. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you put me in a weird position with the construction people. I'd be crazy lady going out there with water and being like, Hey, sorry about the dirt. It wasn't me. Oh my goodness. Just to be clear. I Mm -hmm. really wish there was some CCTV video of you taking water out to construction workers and, and just witnessing that moment self-humiliation well yeah because i'm really bad in awkward situations so it just got weird fast and it probably actually had the adverse effect where they actually probably think i was the one that did it because i was trying so hard to say i wasn't yep they're like she totally called like you know when i left they're like these waters don't make up for the fact that you made us sweep the street lady yep yeah let's go oh my goodness it's fair never come back i understand Have you ever witnessed someone else fighting for a cause that you didn't agree with? Oh, for sure. Um, Multiple, but the biggest one I can think of is uh, pride parades when there's some sort of Westboro Baptist church bullshit (laughs) at the start of the parade where it's, you know, 
yeah, God hates gays and all that kind of stuff, only worse language. And what I love the most is obviously I fully disagree with that and it's reprehensible, the uh, mm -hmm. actions that they take. But I do love at the when they're at the start of the Pride Parade, and I'm thinking particularly of the one in Chicago that's really big, and you just start seeing drag queens walking by and they're like, hey, what's up? You know, like engaging like human beings, like, hey, it's okay, I'm not the devil. They they did not they were not swayed of course but it's it's great viewing yeah yeah that it is so I I, I, I think sometimes like if I'm watching like Westboro Baptist Church people I think I see in their eye like a a glint of like oh I wish I could dress like a drag queen I wish I could do this <laughs> and I it's say like, well isn't that what they say the thing that you yeah. fear is the thing you actually want the most that's why there's so many closeted gay Republicans talking about you know. Mm -hmm. fearing every gay person and then they're caught. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, oh God, I love it so much. When mm -hmm. they're it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. That was better, way better than Dirt in the Street. I well, like yours. Uh, but I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> Westboro Baptist Street, they, they were dirt in the street. They were hanging out That's in the street true. and they are dirt. Dirt. Sweep yeah. them on. Yes. yes. I agree. Gosh. <laughs> Well, well, I can't wait to hear what you have for your first fiction pick for oh, hitting me with your best shot. Oh, I'm going to hit you with my best shot. That <laughs> sounds real weird. I don't know why. <laughs> very, very sexual. Very what just happened? Weird. Don't yeah. know. And in hmm. some way, I'm glad that you're not here in person when I just said that because it's going to feel even weirder. It's like when we tried to do the high five. or See, and I had the opposite five. reaction where I wished I was there in person to make it more awkward. <laughs> This is going to change our podcast forever. I know. But we're going to go back to in-person, face-to-face. Yes, yeah. I already informed you that the next time I do see you in person, I'm going to give you a super awkward long hug. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be to the point where you have to tap me on the shoulder and be like, seriously, this is... Well, what happens if neither of us tap? What if I don't want oh, it to end? Oh, shit. Then it's just going to go. It's just going to go on. Forever. I'm just saying. Just saying. Spend the whole, all the hours at Big Acai will just be touching each other. <laughs> Be like my love runs deep. <laughs> just, touching oh, boy. just touching each other, just holding <laughs> hands, holding hands, and big ass. <laughs> oh, oh. They're gonna be like, oh god, please don't mm -mm. put our name mm -mm. in that. No, 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 no. They're gonna rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for my fiction pick, I picked a book called Lakewood by Megan Giddings, and this is brand spanking new. This came out in March. Ooh. And unfortunately, this is one of those book launches that's been affected by COVID-19. Um, she was launching at the end of uh, uh, May, or excuse me, March. And yeah, I think there were a lot of events that had to be canceled. And But here's one of those books that you can't afford to miss Ooh. during this time. Yeah. So here's the deal. Lena is a college student and her grandma dies. And after her grandma dies, only then does she sort of see the full extent of the family's debt situation. Oh. And her mom has had this long-standing mysterious illness no one really understands. And increasingly, healthcare is unaffordable. They cannot go on. So Lena finds out about this job in Lakewood, Michigan. And it sounds great because they're going to give her an apartment. They're going to give her tons of money. They're going to cover her mother's health care. And all Lena has to do is join this series of experiments. And it's a couple months long. And it's things like taking an eye drop that turns her brown eyes blue. 
or mm-hmm. taking some pills that kind of make her feel real fuzzy and everything, but it's fine because this is, they say that all these pills, all these treatments, they're all working to end the fight against Alzheimer's and dementia. They're saying oh, it's all okay. for a good cause. But as Lena stays, things start getting darker and scarier to the point that she's not sure she's going to make it out of this alive. Oh, So I chose it for this theme because the study that she enrolls in, they say that it's all about fighting disease, right? And it's, um, it's, it's a noble cause because of this. Even though increasingly Lena feels like her body is being ravaged, it's being like sacrificed to this cause or to this, uh, to this cause. Um, at the same time, Lena and her family, they're fighting with debt and the just terrible inequities in healthcare, um, mm-hmm. as well as just the daily battles of being black in this world. So they are just fighting all the time. And all of that fighting, like all of these things that she has to think about, they're making her decisions really impossible because her instinct says, get away from this, get, you know, as far away from as possible. But this seems like the last resort. Like this is the one thing that's going to solve all of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it because this is very great sort of surreal story and you start losing the boundaries of like, what's real? What is she imagining? What's really Mm -hmm. happening here? But uh, I have a quote from her that makes that really sells this. So I had the good fortune of talking to her for Adroit Journal and oh. she is hilarious. She's thoughtful. She loves David Bowie, Aaron. Well, that's a match made right there. Yes. And so I asked her a little bit about like what she was thinking about this book and she gave me this quote. She says, "For me this isn't about science. It's about people's relationships to their very human bodies." People are frequently lying to themselves about their bodies. This crystal calms me. This milk bath will give me the skin of a 19-year-old. This smoothie that's destroying my butt is way healthier than eating a solid apple. And if I stick this jade, if I stick this jade egg in my vagina, it will grow tighter and I will owe harder and louder than a tsunami. She says, Amazing. I think it was pretty easy to blend these two things of science and rationality because it's happening all the time right now. Yeah. Continually buying into all this sort of goop, you know, shit that promises to do all of these miraculous things when really, of course, that can't be happening. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend this book. It, it feels very sort of relevant right now, maybe even more relevant than she intended it to be, of course, with the publishing yeah. the way it is. I recommend it. I think that in the show notes, you should um, link to that adroit journal interview. For sure, because that yeah. was just one of her many quotes that yes. she, she is extremely witty. She's very like thoughtful. She, yeah, she was great. And there's read, a Bowie quote. See? Yes. Because I was going to say, I read that interview after you, it came out and you told me that you had done it and I loved it and I haven't even read the book yet. So I think that's a great pairing that you should put on there. Plus you should just, you know, people should just find their way to a joint journal anyway. And by the way, I mean, I know Amy won't plug herself, but she has lots of other interviews with other great authors. So just saying, yeah, it's a great, you know, little avenue there. Thank you, Erin. We're really book smarting it up today. Probably we are. Mother up. Yeah. I feel it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Let's go on a crazy car chase and just crash someone's graduation. I really want to. Maybe yeah. because we've been in quarantine for so long, but also because that sounds really fun. It does. Yeah. It does. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'm for it. Well, the, the book that I brought is uh, called The People We Hate at the Wedding. 
by Grant Ginder. Yeah, um, this was published in 2017. Um, I had not previously read anything by him, and it I loved it. It is it was a very quick read, um, but the story centers around this family. You have uh, Paul and Alice, who are brother and sister, and they have a half-sister named Eloise. So they all have the same mother, but Paul and Alice had a different father, and Eloise had a father who was very wealthy. So they grew up kind of in very different family dynamics, even though they're related. Um, and Paul and Alice have sort of put their dad in this saint-like position because he died. And the mom is allowing this to happen because it's that's just what she's doing that they're kind of like rewriting some history rewriting memories especially paul um because paul is gay and the mom does not want to reveal what the dad actually felt about that and paul is taking all these feelings out on his mom like his mom didn't do enough for his dad and all he like she, he's being very hard on her and meanwhile she's trying to keep this secret to protect him so there's all these weird family dynamics going into this and we find out eloise is getting married in london and she wants the whole family to come. So it's going to be this big deal. It's a big, wealthy, ridiculous, you know, whole thing. So we get a lot of Paul and Alice talking about like, oh my gosh, how much did she spend on this paper? And, you know, the same old thing for them. Like she has all this wealth and money and they're not happy with where they are. So what I really liked about it was it was so relatable in all that dynamics that go into every situation, especially like big family functions like that, like everybody coming in, having their own feelings and thoughts. But then also there's a great sense of humor in it and how some of this stuff plays out, uh, which is needed because there's also some really, really tender, really thought provoking moments about, you know, family and, um, like how much we can be to blame for our circumstances. And there was just a lot. I just thought it was very relatable, very funny. If you've been to a big family function, you relate. If you have siblings, you'll relate. Yeah. If you hate weddings, you'll relate. There's a bunch in there. So, and I, I picked it for this theme because it really also talks about a lot of times how our own personal like inner fights, the things that we're worked up about, how so often that spills onto other people. Like we blame other people for it. But in reality, it's like our own insecurity coming out and that you're just watching Paul and Alice do that the whole time. Like they have all these internal struggles, but Eloise is like the container to hold it all. It's got to be her fault. So, yeah, I, it's who I mean, you got to love a book about family dynamics. I can get into that anytime. So absolutely. And such a um, perfect pick for this theme, because I mean, you know, families love, but they also fight. They Let's do. Rest. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe um, in quarantine are fighting more. Who knows? Could be. Could maybe be. They're yeah. blaming other people for their insecurities. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a couple quotes in there that are great. That um, so one <laughs> relationships are awful. They'll kill you right up to the point where they start saving your life. <laughs> oh. Which is great. I yeah. love that. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that I love is fate is just the name narcissists give to coincidence. <laughs> Whoa. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now I, you know, as you and I discussed before we started recording, I finally caught up on the fire movies, the fire and fire fraud. And I'm feeling Billy McFarland all over that quote. Like yeah. narcissist, everything was fate and everything will be yeah. fate. And like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I know. Excellent. Yeah. 
well, guess what? For other genre, mm -hmm. I'm taking it in a different direction. Okay. And I'm going graphic novel series. Okay. And actually perfect for this time because there are six collected volumes of this now. Ooh. Started in 2014. It's called Lazarus. And okay. the writer is Greg Rucka and the artist is Michael Lark. And when we start the series, we see a woman named Forever who appears to be killed in a fight. But she heals and she goes home to her family who call her their Lazarus. So from that start, you then kind of pan out a little bit and you start seeing this world. It's in the future where countries and governments are no longer around. It's all families. And it's like maybe a dozen families throughout the world. And families with a capital F, by the way. That's what I'm mm -hmm. saying here. Mm -hmm. They're all extremely rich. They all own entire swaths of the country and around the world. It's kind of cartel-like in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. So everyone else besides the blood relatives of these families is called a serf, who is a worker contracted to the family or they're called waste. And those people called waste get no public services, no jobs, no nothing. And of course that's the vast, vast majority of people. Sure. So Forever, the woman that I mentioned at the beginning, she's part of the Carlisle family. And every family has someone like her, a person with incredible gifts who protects the family. Because of course, when you're talking about super uber wealthy people like this, there's gonna be alliances and enemies amongst the different families. There's tons of fighting between each in order to grab more land, in order to grab more power. Mm -hmm. This is all gonna be very familiar to people. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're using their serfs and their Lazarus to do the actual physical fighting, um, you know, as yeah. they do. Yeah. So forever, she does what she's told because she's part of the family and her father and siblings, she thinks that they love her, even though they can treat her like total garbage and make her do some truly terrible things. And then she starts realizing, wait, who am I? What am I really? And that's this sort of dangerous question that starts all sorts of adventures through the rest of the six volumes. So I chose it for this episode because I kind of like what I said, it boils down what every war and every government is really about fighting to make or keep money and power. Right? Yeah, right. And how that fight can reverberate and destroy so many lives. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's, of course, tons of social commentary here. Um, how people who aren't rich are treated like garbage. Um, and there's lots of subplots in the story that focus on those people, the waste, um, a few characters who try to make the move up in this society where there's really no upward mobility anymore um, ah. and the trade-offs that they make for that. So I, I think there's an element of the actual fighting going on. There's an element of trying fighting to discover who you really are fighting for the people you love. There's, there's lots of that in here. And generally, like I said, it's a, it's a really engaging story. It's a great uh, binge read if you want to mm. get into that right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Lazarus. Wow. That's a, see, a great recommendation because you get so much with it. You get so much. You can just giving fill and giving and times. giving. You never stop. Nope. Quarantine can't keep you down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the non-fiction uh, kind of other genre Bic, Bic pick Bic? I brought yeah. is, yeah, Bic is um, it's actually, it is a uh, fiction book, but the style of it is so different that I'm putting it in the other genre category. Okay. Um, and actually, I take that back. It's not a fiction book. It's a memoir, but it reads like a fiction book is what oh. I meant to say. So um, it's called Mean by Miriam Gerba. 
and it was uh, published in 2017 by Coffee House Press, um, which they're pretty, um, their kind of mission is, is publishing different kind of things, that it's not necessarily fit the normal form. So when I say memoir, that's kind of why I almost hesitate to use that word, because you're, you, you think you're just getting a bunch of chapters about this person's life and how it all ties together. And this is telling a very specific story about her, but it's done so in almost all these different forms. Like there's a poetry to it. There's kind of a prose to to it. There's short chapters. There's longer chapters. Some feel like essays. Some feel like um, like a fictional story that she happens to be in. But it's it's beautiful. It's just such an interesting read. Um, it's hard to explain because it defines all the traditional rules of writing and storytelling. Um, but the end result of it is just so great. Um, and I found out that she's actually in like life is a spoken word performer and visual artist, which makes a lot of sense to me based on how it was written. Cause it almost feels like a performance the whole time. And she is very good at visually getting you somewhere and how she, you can tell how she relates to the world is very much in that visual realm. Like she can, you know, put you, she sees colors and shapes and things that I think the normal person, you know, walking down the street doesn't pay as much attention to. So um, this is actually the story of her coming of age as a queer mixed race female. Mm. Um, And it's, it's funny and it's bold, but it's also really heartbreaking because she takes this idea of mean and kind of challenges it. Like, what does it really mean if someone is mean? What does it, what is, what actions could actually be attributed to being mean and what are just defense mechanisms or a result of what happens to us. So um, she, part of the story, a really important crux of the story is that she does suffer a sexual assault. And so the telling of that in the middle of that, and then ascribing these different feelings and how she comes out of that and how she relates that to me is like, the result is just so incredible. It's lyric and blunt and somehow that works together like I just it just defies everything and it's just it was a great read it's just a really beautiful book um especially if you're one of those people that sometimes likes something different like you're not you know you're not thrown off by different forms or you kind of like to see that experimentation this book 100% you would love it it's yeah she just knocked it out of the park is wow That sounds really interesting. And also that it comes from a small press that, that doesn't surprise me. They take so many risks sometimes, which we've talked about. I love that. I found it because um, the the other book I recommended problems by Jade Sharma um, came from this, uh, an imprint of coffee house. But now, I mean, I just happened to be on their website then and saw this and I was like, Oh, that sounds it. And I did not even realize what I was getting because it was incredible. So yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was just the way that she put all that together. It just is almost mind blowing. I mean, it, like I said, every single rule that you've heard, if you spent any time as a writer or reader or, you know, in literature is broken and you are like, yeah, it should be (laughs) like, we should never go back. Everyone should write like this. Like, yeah. Yeah, I had like a hippie out of body body shroom experience. Wow. And now I don't want to go back to my normal life. Okay, that took a turn. And now we have an insight into what's happening to you in quarantine. Right? Yeah. Yep, there is. We've talked about this before. Like I there are so many things we're doing that we don't recognize. 
hippie out of body moments where like you did yoga this week. Like what the hell was that? Yeah, I did yoga. I took a really long walk. There's some weirdness happening over here. Yeah. And both were great. Like I didn't do it grudgingly or like to like a health thing. I did it. Well, maybe a mental health thing, but you know, like it felt good. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. what it's, that's so funny because that's what exercise should be when it comes down to it. It's something that, right. but it, you know, our culture no. destroys that part of it. Um, yeah. I cleaned my house and I felt real good about that. You also put together some amazing patio furniture. Sure did in under two furniture. hours, man. And it's classy AF. It is. God, it just ups the classiness of my house mm-hmm. by like 10 degrees. Now, if only I could invite people over to sit on this couch. But that mm-hmm. will come in time. It'll come. It in will. Time. Yeah. As soon as this is over, I do hope you know that I'm going to call you while sitting on your couch and say, "Open your door. <laughs> Here I am, <laughs> just on your patio furniture, hanging out." I I want to like come out one day and see you just sleeping on that couch because you've decided you had to get out of your house yep. and away from your entire family, and even if it meant sleeping on my patio over. Yeah. 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 I, I think that that's a high probability at this point. <laughs> it looked comfy, so. It is extremely comfy. And mm-hmm. I have an ottoman that I can put my legs on. I anticipate lots of reading in that couch. It does look like a great reading spot. That's exactly what I thought when you showed me. Mm-hmm. And it's looking out on the street, so there's visual interest. <sighs> visual interest. <laughs> yeah. I can watch some squirrels. I can watch all the people walking and trying to run because usually they're in a gym. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's lots of entertainment. Delightful. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's incredible. Now yeah. I, I do, I'm going to have to get permission from Mason because he's become my keeper. So well, that's true. Yes. So come uh, over, yeah. but say tell what happened when you uh, took a bathroom break. Yeah, he's um, been increasingly very attached. And so he was on the couch and I was in my office, which they're right off from each other. I can see him on the couch. He could see me in the office. There's a bathroom in between those two rooms. And I, like an idiot, got up and went to the bathroom. Uh And I heard these panicked cries from the living room of mom. And I'm like, what is happening in 20 seconds? I said, I'm in the bathroom. He flung open the door and said, we've talked about this. You have to tell me where you go. And I was like, uh, okay. We, one, never talked about this. Two, I thought you could see me go into the bathroom. So it just feels he's like, very a, like a, almost you did like a Freaky Friday situation where like he became the mom and you became mm-hmm. the kid and he was mm-hmm. just so disappointed in you. Yes, yeah. it was. It was very, he was very disappointed. And then he had to sit next to me on the couch touching all parts of me, which is oh. like leg to leg. Like we have to be touching. And sometimes okay. that's just. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a thing you have to fight through as a parent because you just want to scream like, don't touch me. But yeah. That, yeah. I mean, there are many reasons I'm not a parent, but that is, that's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like people touching me unless I um, want them to, mm-hmm. even yeah. if they're little kids. And little kids are so hot. Like when yes. my shoes are over and they're like next to me and I'm like, good Lord, you are like running 500 degrees. Yes. They are little furnaces. Yeah. Yes. We'll yeah. It's that. impossible. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, um, I will relate a story that you will appreciate as well. My nephew, uh, Stone, turned 12 this week. And oh. 
I got him a, a Barnes and Noble gift card so he could order some books and have them come oh, to him. Turns out, though, his mom uh, emailed me and she's like, guess what Stone did? He used your gift card plus some extra uh, birthday money he got from grandma and he bought 14 books. And he, she said, I hope you're proud. And I said, I've never been more proud. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Bean books. Like he Good got an entire series of whatever he'd been reading, you know, and like. Oh, he had to be so excited. Yeah. Like what a champ. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that real world influence you're having on Look. readers. You know it. Who allowed you to be this good at getting readers? <laughs> <laughs> Who allowed you to be this good at frightening your child into believing yes. you disappeared? Just by going to the bathroom. Just by going to the bathroom. Didn't even leave the house. That's the level we're at right now, people. That's where we're at. So, so uh, pop culture wise, I've got yeah, a, uh, I've got a movie, and this Ooh. came from 2018. It's a short okay. movie. It's only like 70 minutes. It's like a long TV episode. Oh. And it's called The Party. And it has okay. Kristen Scott Thomas, Patricia Clarkson, Killian Murphy, and more. Okay. And here's the short synopsis. This is a small dinner party that goes terribly awry. Yeah. Aaron's face just lit up. So Kristen Scott <laughs> Thomas is a politician in the UK, and she's just won a major election. So she's having some friends over to celebrate. And her husband, played by Timothy Spall, he's sitting in the living room. He's strangely quiet. He's playing just records over and over again. Um, and, he's, and while, you know, his wife cooks. And by the way, while she's cooking, she's talking to someone on the phone. And it sounds like an affair type conversation. Okay. Ah. So then Patricia Clarkson arrives. And a moment of appreciation for Patricia Clarkson. I love her in pretty much everything. And yeah. she arrives with this ridiculous boyfriend and she's that friend that will say exactly what you need to hear and probably what you don't want to hear. So mm. that force that enters this situation. Then there's oh, Cherry boy. Jones and she arrives with her pregnant partner, Emily Mortimer. And then arrives Killian Murphy. And let me just say, that I love Killian Murphy a lot. I think he adds something to every damn movie he's in. A lot of audio, or a lot of people, you'll probably know him from Peaky Blinders. He plays a bloodthirsty man. Very, um, uh, he's a dreamboat, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dreamboat is just underused, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. I'm trying to bring it back. Is what's happening. I know you are, and I like it. Yeah. yeah. So Killian Murphy comes to this party. He doesn't have his wife with him, and he's super strangely manic. He keeps going into the bathroom to snort some more lines of coke. And while he's doing that, he's showing that he has this gun on him. And he's, like, moving it around from place to place. And he's trying to figure out, like, the best place to keep it. And you can tell he's just, like, all up. So there's this element of, like, what the hell is happening here? So from there, one by one, in this room, in this house, all these secrets start coming out. And soon everyone is at each other's throats. It's delightful, but also feels very, very real. Um, people are angry that they're getting older. They're angry that they're no longer in love with their partners, that people are cheating on each other. They're angry at the world. They're just angry. And all that anger comes out. It's simple. It's also done in black and white too, which is a really interesting element of this. It's very funny, but in a real dark way. And every time, like from minute to minute, your loyalties and your likes keep shifting. Like at first I'm like this character and then I'm liking this character and then I'm like on their Mm. side. It's, it's a wild ride and it has Kelly Murphy. 
Well, so, that's incredible. Yeah. But that's I think, uh, yeah, I think you would like it because it is just a, a situation of a t great tension that. It yeah. Runs. Yeah. It sounds great. Right up my alley. Mm -hmm. I'm about it. Well, I went a very different direction for pop oh. culture. Um, to be fair, I'm going to give a shout out real quick. When we first uh, prepared this episode was pre-pandemic, and we decided to do a few other things in between, and now we're getting back to it because, frankly, it's time. Yeah. I mean, even if we're in quarantine, we're going to do this. But I originally was going to recommend Tiger King in this slot. We've uh, talked about uh, Tiger uh, King. We did. We did. We've both seen it. Yes. And so I, I changed it up. But I just wanted to give a moment. If you haven't watched Tiger King, get on it. And you haven't listened to us discuss it in one of our quarantine episodes. Yeah, you yeah. need to get on it. Get on it. So, but <laughs> I brought something equally weird and, and um, cringeworthy. It's a documentary that was uh, put out in 2016 um, that follows around Anthony Weiner. <gasps> um, and it's called Weiner. And if you don't remember this, he was a representative from New York that famously had to resign after a um, sexting scandal came out. Um, and it was pretty, that first one was pretty benign. I mean, it was like a, it wasn't like a naked picture. It was like a picture of underwear or something. It was, you know, and it was yeah. to a person that he was having an affair with, you know, consensual, um, and, consensual yeah. affair. Yeah. Another adult. Okay. So he takes some downtime, supposedly has worked on himself. His wife stays with him through this and they decide he's going to run for mayor of New York in 2013 because his political career was actually going really well. He was really well liked, especially in New York because he was like no nonsense, super tough. He was willing to have difficult conversations, take on high level people. He didn't care. Like he is to the point. And you can see a lot of that in this documentary, like his just kind of to the point style. Now, post having to resign and running for mayor that takes on a little bit of a different tone yep and you're kind of like wow you have no self-awareness but so yeah. that's what makes it kind of cringeworthy and ego too just to be like yes oh, it's fine and then because apparently he doesn't learn his lesson yeah another sex scandal breaks while he's running for mayor of mm -hmm. more pictures of him that this time are much more explicit there's much more women again they're still consensual mm -hmm. but they're it's coming out again um, his defense, which you see in the documentary, is I never said that was the only one. <laughs> oh I never said that's where it ended. Everybody just assumed. Um, and he won't even commit that the people that came forward, that that was the end of it. So you really follow. It's really an inside look at him. It's a little bit of an inside look at his marriage, although we don't see as much of her thought process. We see her on screen a lot, but you don't really get a lot of what she's actually thinking. Mm -hmm. um, you can maybe imply by some of her facial expressions, but you know, not knowing her personally, that's probably not fair. Um, but it is reminds me of the Tiger King in that you just can't believe it's happening. It's very weird and kind of surreal to watch. And the whole time I kept thinking of the people making this documentary, how they must've gone home at night and been like, what did I just film? Yeah. And I feel like they had to do that with Tiger King too. Like just go home and be like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I, they had to have done this. They didn't actually publish it until 2016, which he was in jail and then he's out. And there's a lot of other stuff that's happened with him since then. But this is just a look at that time period where he was running for mayor. And, 
it's interesting. It makes you think a lot. Um, I picked it for this because, you know, we're talking about a guy like he based, that's basically what he's saying. Hit me with your best shot. You already took it. You already know the worst of me, but it doesn't change that I'm still a good politician. It doesn't change that I'm still a good leader in his, in his mind. So like that's his, his thing is like, Hey, you know, all about my private life. One doesn't really mean anything to the other. So here I am like take your other shots and and then people do obviously so yeah and in many ways that is a completely admirable like idea that like hey you know mm -hmm. me now and like mm -hmm. that's kind of besides the point but then it, there emerges a compulsion that uh seems yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i think that there would have been a strong argument there because that's how you feel at the beginning of the documentary um, especially if you didn't know the rest of the story, but at the beginning of the documentary, you can almost buy into his thought process of like, Hey, here's the deal, but that doesn't really change what I'm doing. You know, because like they make the argument a few times, these are adults. They, yeah. you know, someone leaked it. This wasn't like, you know, he was doing something illegal. He was doing something immoral. You know, it certainly is an issue for his marriage, but did it really affect his politics? I mean, are, are we really going to say that this is unusual for a politician? Yeah. And so there's a lot of that. No, of course, like you said, it progresses into something different, but it's, it's interesting to see him on that side and that he allowed someone to follow him around during this Seriously. time. I mean, the level of narcissism there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I, I picture now the documentarians who thought they were signing on for one project and then it turns into something completely different. And right? they must yeah. have in so many ways been like, oh, shit, this is changing. But also like, oh, shit, this is insane. Oh. This is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got something awesome. <laughs> got mm -hmm. something awesome from a guy named Wiener. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, come on. That's just, if you were going to fulfill something, uh, I'm not sure that was the route I would have gone. But. I know. Like, I would think that if that's your last name, you would work really hard to distance yourself from any mm -hmm. sort of associations there, but that's just me. Well, I, w I think there's two options from a PR standpoint. You either go as far away from it as you can, or you embrace it in like the hot dog wiener way. Yeah, in a joking way, but you can never actually let a picture of your wiener out. Nope, like that's you, can't. you went down the middle lane, which you is can't. not an option. Oh, nope. yeah. Left or right, fine. Down the middle, no, <laughs> no, not okay. Generally, for most men, it's not a good idea to let their wiener be captured on film, but especially mm -hmm. if your name is Wiener. Yeah, you're just that's unless you're a porn star, I guess. I yeah, that's a good point. And hey, yeah. maybe that's his future after he gets out of. Um, could be yeah. could be i don't know but wow. i guess get after it i don't know i'm into porn I mean, too. anthony yeah. wiener oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh right oh I wonder if there's a category yeah. on pornhub that's like disgraced politicians and then it's just every you know all these like uh, uh politicians with you know webcams Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's almost worth a Google if I wasn't scared of the rest of what I would get. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it wouldn't change your search history forever. Yeah. The ads I see on the okay. side when I'm trying to do work. I don't You're need that. See, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Oh. Right now it's just like shoes I've looked at. I don't need like, you know, <laughs> that happening on the side. It's distracting enough when it's things I want to buy, much less yeah, that. Versus just, yeah. Dicks just wieners. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's like the worst possible nickname for it or euphemism for it. Like, it's just yeah. the worst one. Super great. Well, 
we wrapped up our first full episode conducted via Zoom. We when did. You were, when you were not here for me to grasp your hand and just keep touching you. Just keep touching. The next, well, the first one that we do, are we just going to like rub each other's faces while we talk? <laughs> like, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. <laughs> it's like touch each other's hair. Can I braid your like, hair? <laughs> we'll braid each other's hair while we're talking <laughs> So I'll learn how to braid. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll teach you on our next episode. It'll be great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like that one. What's that Saturday Night Live sketch? It's Will Ferrell and someone else and they're in the hot tub and they can't stop touching each other. Oh, the lovers. the lovers. The lovers. Lovers. Yeah. They're always talking about like hot meats and the, yes. you know, how much they want to touch their lovers. <laughs> Perfect. Next episode, our interpretation of the lovers and hot meat. <laughs> wow, that's a lot to think about and to prepare for. But hey, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. Okay, good. Good. I was hoping yeah. that you'd be up for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess until uh, next Wednesday, that's our, that's our show. Yes. Yeah. Again, you can find us on social media. Reach out. We would love to hear from you. They've yeah. got theme ideas. You yeah, got questions that have been burning up your brain during quarantine. Yes. Send them our way. Send them our way. If we can't answer them, we'll point you in the appropriate direction. But we'll be able to answer them. Well, yeah, we know everything. So yeah. I don't Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, if you ask me what hours your DMV is open right now, I'm going to send you to Google. If you want to know a good book to read for one particular feeling, bring it over here. Or if you want to hear more wiener stories from us, I mean, we can oblige there too. Yeah. yeah, I'll start John some down that <laughs> I can remember. And then you just ask me and I'll regurgitate them for you. <laughs> oh boy. Until that day, happy reading. I'm up again, same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe 
to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.